another edition of We Want to Talk About It Now. We're going over spot 70 to 61 in Stephen and Mai's all-time greatest NBA players of all time. As always, joined by Stephen Sosa. Uh, we were just talking about our bet about Jimmy Butler. Hopefully, we can come up with another bet during this podcast so that you can recoup like some to, of your money. I would like to... Um, sorry I'm interrupting you there, but... Um, I would like to go on record as saying, uh, can I change the person? <laughs> the, man only has, the man only has a little over 12,000 points. So, Stephen, it, well, 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 two weeks after the bet is made, you're already realizing that all of the points I was making were, va- were, were valid. <laughs> Well, Jimmy Butler is a hell of a scorer, but he's not going to make it to over 32,000. He is not getting to spot 10 on the all-time scoring list. I guarantee it. No. <laughs> oh, he can pass up Moses Malone. No, he cannot. <laughs> he can't. He has to do a lot of scoring. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not just passing. I, I see what you're saying, though. It's not just passing Moses Malone, though. It's the... The, all the other players that are pro- like Kevin Durant's probably going to join that list. Steph Curry's probably going to join that list. Luka Doncic right. is probably going to get there I, faster. I was thinking, that, can we change the bet? And you're not going to do this, but no. I mean, I, I also back to Devin Booker. I also, what what it's going to end up being? Ooh, I mean, that's a long, long, long term bet. Devin Booker. So is it Devin Booker will be in top ten scoring all time? Yes. I'll take that bet. Yeah, let's switch it. I don't think he will. Oh yeah. I think well, I totally one, think he will. There's just so many people in front of him and other people who I think like I think Trey Young has a better has more likelihood just in terms of scoring alone. Luka Doncic just probably just in terms of scoring Dude, alone. Devin Devin Booker is a hell of a scorer. No, no, I agree. I don't see him making it into the top 10. Like it's it's the same exact thing as Jimmy Butler. Well, no, it's not. Like I think I think at the end of the day Devin Booker will have more total points than Jimmy Butler. But yeah. the one thing Jimmy Butler had going for him was he's kind of already like half halfish way there. And so there aren't all of these young bucks who could beat him to get into the 10th spot. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take got, that. Bet. My money's on Devin Booker. Can we change that right now? to Devin, yeah, Booker? Devin Booker? Absolute, absolute change there. Um, I'm looking forward to makes it into the top 10. I'm not saying you know, for, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm looking forward to collecting uh, in fifteen in fifteen years' time. I'm gonna be collecting, shoot. <laughs> uh, and I just want everyone who's listening to listen to to be celebratory of my mercy right here. Uh, that's very that's a very kind bet. The odds are much more in your favor on this one, Stephen. I just can't wait until two it weeks is. from now. When you ask to switch to somebody else, and may the odds. Uh, can I say John Morant? John Morant instead. Is that does that? Can I do that? You Dude, can, there, there's you a, there's can another person. John Morant. There's another person. No, I feel like like it's almost like you should do a little. This is going to sound so condescending. You should do a little more research and like almost like choose your player and then be like, hmm, top fifteen. Like I want you to do something that like makes me have to consider for a little bit. Because top 10, man, especially well, like... what kind of research would I have to do for a guess? Like... Just like, like so, like, the thing that I did with Jimmy Butler, where I was like, okay, so he needs 15,000 points. If he were to play 10 more years, which would put him at, I think, 42 years old, he would need to average 27 points per game and not miss a single game. And yeah, just by doing that I, math, I go, not, Oh, there's no way he's going to do that. He's not doing that. I was crazy for making that bet, but, um, but yeah, I'll bet on Devin Booker. Cause cool. that guy, he's one of the best scorers ever already. The guy dropped 77 in the game, I think, or 70. And he's, yeah, okay, yeah, he's almost at however many points, what's his name has, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, and this, that guy, you want to talk about a guy who can score in his sleep? Devin Booker can get buckets. I get buckets. Just a second. All right, Moses Malone, what were the total points? 27,000. So, like, for example, Sorry, Devin I'm, Booker. I'm, Devin Booker needs to get 16,000 more points, which I think 
absolutely doable. That's only a thousand points per year. Oh, you um, can totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. So 16,000 more points. But then you also have to consider, let me just start naming names again. Um, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I don't care, though. I you have Kevin to consider. Booker- okay. Yeah. James Harden, who's only 4,000 points away. Right. But Devin Booker hasn't been playing in the league as long as they have. Yeah, but these are people who are going to essentially pass Moses Malone. So I want to make sure that you are 100% clear on what this bet means. This number of 27,000, it's probably going to be 30-something thousand by the time Devin Booker is being considered for this. So really, he has to get 19,000 points over the next... It's all right. It's all right. He... um... That guy can put the ball in the basket better than almost anybody I've ever seen. So So he would need to average 13 points a game and not miss a single game for the next 10, 15 years. Just to pass Moses Malone. This doesn't include Kevin Durant or anything like that. What Devin Booker, Devin Booker. Yep. I, I, I got my money on Devin. I think this is, I think this is a good bet. I think this is a better bet than the one that you made. And I'm, but I'm also still better because, yeah, I'm still very confident I'm going to win this. Like getting into the top 10 all time is like an insane, although Carmelo's there. So I think Carmelo's kind of the path that Devin Booker would have to take. He, Devin Booker is already doing very big things scoring wise. Absolutely. And like he started on a team where it, required him to like be the main scorer, which is very, very helpful. All he has to avoid major injuries. Of course, that's every player though. Yeah. All right. So let's hop into, well, that's not every player. No, <laughs> Easy. it is every player. No, for what we're talking about right here, it's not every player. Like, cause for example, Ryan Anderson, regardless of him getting injured, he was never going to be in the top 10 scoring even if he played 82 games all the time, he wasn't that well, he's not but, a Devin Booker type talent. But my point is with every single player, they could end up getting hurt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's not your, your answer. Just one part of the query. The other part of the query is you can't get hurt and you have to score lots and lots of points, which lots of people don't like. So uh, another example, Rudy there Gobert. Has to be, there's an element of luck that has to. Yeah it's and you have to yeah uh, luck and talent so i think um there's a lot of people who don't make the talent necessary to get in the top all time and then the people who are talented then it's just injuries yeah okie dokie well let's hop into it all right my number 70 just i've i uh, i don't even love this one if i'm being honest but mark eaton he is not number 70. Mark Eaton is a requirement to tell the story of the NBA. He is, let me just uh, go over some For of this stuff reason? here. Because he was seven foot four? Two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, three All-NBA first teams, um, two All-Defensive second teams, the four-time block leader, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't love this. Like, I'm not like happy about it, but he's Mark Eaton wasn't a bad player, but he, he was better. super solid for uh, about a five year run there. <laughs> he, he's even better than I thought he was now hearing you re- read off his stats much better than I thought he was. <laughs> All right. I, I, and honestly, uh, the fact that he has a record that will never be broken 5.6 blocks per game in one season. That's oh uh, that's God. that's kind of the big reason that I have them there. Like who who's going to break that record, Steven? No one. No one. No one is ever going to break that record. And like, even though he is really six? tall, like think about it. He's not the tallest player to ever play. There still is some level of talent required to get 5.6 blocks per game. Hey, and and NBA, guess how many good. games he played? What? All 82. So it's not like this, it's not like, sorry. So that 5.6 blocks per game in the 84, 85 season, he played all 82 games. Oh, okay. Well, Mark Eaton, I mean, it just, 
the the thing about it is when you get to the NBA, like you have to be you have to be good. You can't just be tall. You can't just be, you know, uh, a big tall person. Like you like, have to be like who's the person? Uh, Sean Bradley, like seven six, seven eight. He's, I thought he's not even on this. He's not. He is number nine on the all time blocks list, and he at two point five per game. Yeah, one. He's so, one entire block below Marky. I believe Mark Eaton's record of 5.6 blocks per game will never be broken. And to be clear, too, that is in a single season. Yeah. Well, uh, but who's your number 70? <laughs> number 70, I have Kevin Willis. Is this the person who I wouldn't have thought of? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Kevin Let's... Willis was amazing. Had a really long career. I can't remember exactly how many years. But had a really long career. Started in the 80s. um, And ended, I believe, in the beginning of the 21st century. Good for him. Maybe you could look that up. But Kevin Willis had one year. He averaged 21 points and 18 rebounds a game. That's a tasty. What team was he on then? I think, Raptors. Uh, I think it was San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay. But I might be wrong. Like, look it up. But Kevin Willis. I got to look it up. I got to have my pops. Seven foot. <laughs> that was when he was on Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. He had some really great years on Atlanta. This is a little bit confusing. Why? Do, do, when did you look this these stats up? Yesterday. Uh, okay, so I have some bad news for you. That 21 points per game and 18 rebounds per game was over a two-game period. <laughs> I thought that was an average for a year. No, so in the 94-95 season, he was on Atlanta for two games. Then he went to Miami for the rest oh, of the season. That's why it wasn't highlighted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, are you, do you want to take him off here? No, Kevin Willis was amazing. Okay. All right. It, but because besides those stats, uh, like uh, I'm feeling a lot more confident in my Mark Eaton selection. <laughs> I got Kevin Willis. Can you rattle off Kevin Willis's stats real quick? Uh, you're going to be greatly disappointed, <laughs> but yeah, I, I certainly can't. The guy was a great rebounder. So his best season looks like it was the year before on Atlanta, 19 points a game, 12 rebounds a game. Hey, those are really good numbers for a season. Yes, I agree. But like, Kevin, this is, like, see, here's the difference between Mark Eaton being on the list and Kevin Willis, at least Mark Eaton broke a record. <laughs> Yeah, but Kevin Willis was consistently good. Uh, yeah, 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 consistent. Yeah, I mean, Mark Eaton was consistently good for about seven years, similar to Kevin Willis. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't really care. <laughs> okay, so it's not crazy that either of them is on the list. Um, uh, by sixty-nine, I'm just gonna. I think we both, uh, everyone listening at home, we can all agree, not the best picks. <laughs> Best picks by Alex and Steven at spot 70. I told you this was really what the can I I'm not I don't want to apologize for my Kevin Willis. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. Steven's being a little a little prideful, a little prideful right now. Mark Eaton probably should have been like in the 90 in the 90s, and probably Kevin Willis should have been in the 90s too. <laughs> Kevin Willis should be on this list. Uh spot 69. This is another one that I'm going to have to apologize for a little bit, but you know what? Screw all of you at home. Jason White Chocolate Williams. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that one. I have Jason Williams on my list. Uh, the problem is I put him above Chris Weber. Uh, but you know what? Oh, Jason what Williams, yeah, Jason what Williams was an absolute blast to watch when he, when he played. This is like, honestly, I told everyone last week. These next three episodes are going to be a little bit funky for me because I have to fill in spots. Like 
I should probably put Peja somewhere. Like, why not? While, while, while we're giving while we're giving spots out to people, Jason Williams just why, why the most fun player I think to watch for about a three to four year span. I got to watch him, and I absolutely loved it watching Kings basketball. Oh yeah! If you don't think watching Jason Williams is fun, you don't like basketball. If you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. That's right. Like Grant Napier. Who's your number 69? All right. My 69 is, <laughs> I just said it like that. We know, we know, we know you pervert. What's next? <laughs> hey, I was just playing. Come on. This is a, this is a, this is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> I was just playing. I hey, I I know, I know you were. I know. Uh, all right. Anyway, I just said it because everybody, you know, makes a dirty joke out of the number sixty-nine. Wow. Anyway, Amari Stoudemire is who I have at sixty-nine. Ooh, I I like that. I think Amari, like you, don't have the sons. Like that, that Suns run is very important with Amari Stoudemire. I like that. Yeah, you can't they, tell the history. They make the, they'll make the playoffs without him, but they weren't a championship contender without Amari Stoudemire. And Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash is one of the best two-man uh, combinations ever. It's I, right up there with Stockton Malone. I am with you. I am with you, my friend. Omar Stoudemire was super athletic. He was skilled, could shoot the mid-range jumper, could finish at the rim. So super athletic. Came right out of high school. So. Um, oh, yeah, he was during that time. That was Omar Stoudemire. And he and Steve Nash in that pick and roll were amazing. Um, so that's Omar Stoudemire. Awesome. Uh, so moving to my number 68 and everyone just get ready for a list of Boston Celtics players Rajan Rondo. That's a good one. He's, he's one of the only players to win a championship with both the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers, the two most storied franchises in NBA history. He is yeah. an amazing, he, and he was just kind of like out of the box to just, good, ready to go, led the, I wouldn't say he did the leading, but he was one of the most important people on the 2008 championship team. Without uh, him, they wouldn't have won the championship. I must say like playoff, being able to witness playoff Rondo when he played for the Lakers in the bubble is like a very real thing. If he would oh, have yeah. been able to consistently play like that throughout the regular season. Playoff like, Rondo. Holy crap, man. Like, holy crap. Playoff Rondo is real. It's a real thing. Even if people try to say it's just, you know, um, hype or whatever, it's a real thing. There's One. a difference between he raises his level of play when he plays in the playoffs, and he usually is one of the best players in the playoffs. Awesome. Who's your number 68? Luka Doncic. Man, I could have swore you already did, Luka. Nope, you did. Yeah, I did him at 90. I wish I would have pushed him up higher. That's smart. I think he is. He's he's getting there. It just felt too early. Like, he's like, it's kind of like Brandon Roy, where it's just like, oh, like, kind of like. I think everyone has higher expectations for Luka Doncic, but it's like, oh, and then Luka broke his leg and never played basketball again. <laughs> yeah, but so far, that has nothing like that has yeah. happened. Correct, correct. I like it. So, I, I like it. Luca is like six foot seven. Um pretty a pretty uh uh skilled player. Um he gets numbers like great numbers, it seems like effortlessly. Like that's how he makes the game look, you know. And he plays at his own pace, like everybody says. He doesn't let anybody speed him up or slow him down. He plays at the pace he wants to play at. Um, and he's going to break a lot of records in his career. He's a great all-around player, great feel for the game. 
not that great a defensive player, but it doesn't really matter um, because he's so good offensively and on the boards. One of the best passers that ever played the game. Great rebounder. Uh, can handle the ball. Uh, has some of the best court vision in the entire league of any player who's ever played in the NBA. Uh, so I th- and I think one day Luka Doncic is going to be the best player in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Like, yeah. like for us, like he's going to win MVP at some point. Yeah, Absolutely. no, definitely. I think the only thing that's going to stop him is injury. Yep. And uh, great news, everybody. I'm only twelve more players away from having my list complete. <laughs> All right. That's good. At least. All right. I'm trying my best, everybody. Okay. Okay. Um, Oh, dang it. He's already there. So, my number 67, once again, going down the man, I feel like ah, it doesn't matter. Dennis Johnson. Uh, From everything I've heard, he was fabulous at Seattle, uh, was instrumental in playing on the Boston Celtics teams. And all the research that I did, he appeared on every single list. Felt like I couldn't exclude him. I'll be honest. Haven't watched him play a ton, but uh, it seems like he needs to be mentioned somewhere on this list. Definitely. Uh, He was part of that when, when Bird stole that pass in 1987, the guy he passed it to was a cutting Dennis Johnson for the winning basket. Love and uh, Dennis Johnson is one of the best defensive guards in the history of the game. Great defensive guard. Um, and uh, as you said, won a championship in Seattle. Um, and uh, well, didn't you say that? I don't know if you won a championship there. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Then he did. Okay. Then he did. He won one there. <laughs> then he was a disgruntled super superstar and uh, asked to asked if he could leave. And it's a crying shame that the man died before they put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, three time NBA champion, Finals MVP in '79 with Seattle. Yeah, he had a good. He he, he did good. You could, one of the best defensive guards who ever played the game. Um, and, uh, and just pesky defensively and, uh, came up big in big moments. Uh, like I said, he was part of that, uh, moment in 1987 when Larry Bird stole that pass from Isaiah Thomas, that inbounds pass. Larry Bird passed the ball to a cutting, uh, Dennis Johnson. And uh, I still remember the call. Uh, the the guy. Uh, There's a steal by Bird. Right. <laughs> he passes it off to DJ, and DJ lays it in. You know. So, uh, Dennis Johnson is part of one of the most iconic plays in NBA playoff history. Uh, all right. So who's that's your, what I got for him. Who's your next one? Okay, uh, what number are we on? I don't know. Only God 67. knows. Correct, 67. I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ooh, he's very um, very high on your list. Oh, yeah. I think he's Sorry, gonna, low, low. I should say low. I think he's going to climb the list. So, uh, but he's 67 on my list. And uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, we've talked about him before. Great defensive player. Um, and uh, a seven-foot guy that uh, can pass the ball. Um, his shot is getting better, but he mostly attacks the basket and is really good at finishing at the rim. Great defensive player, um, and uh, uh, great rebounder, uh, can handle the ball pretty well for a guy his size, and you know, 
fast, just super fast. So um, if he gets going downhill, there's there's very Watch little you can do out. about it. Yeah, there's very little you can do. There's very little you can do to stop him once you let him get momentum going downhill. Yeah, so so true. Um, my number. My number 66, um, this is partially due to recency bias. He should probably be higher on the list because he has won an MVP. James Harden. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like recency bias is making me add him to this list because I just have a feeling, even if you don't add more players to the NBA, if I was to look at this list like 10 years from now, it's going to be like, I don't even know if James Harden should be on this list, but definitely shouldn't James be. James Harden is going to be on the list, but definitely James. shouldn't be at spot sixty-six. You know, like it's probably going to be like a little bit lower than that. Like I think Joel Embiid's going to probably have a better career than. Anyways, he's amazing. He perfected the step back. He's left-handed and just confuses the hell out of everyone. Not really great at defense. Could have been on one of the best dynasties of all time if Sam Presti, not Sam Presti, whoever the owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder, would have been willing to just pay him and maybe pay a little bit into the luxury tax have Westbrook, Harden, and Durant on the team of, for a long period of time. Big what if, right? What that's, that could one be of like. ba- that's one of the biggest screw-ups in NBA history. Tell me because about it. As as great as Sam Presti is as a general manager, and I think he has proved his credentials a few times over, he drafted three MVPs. Like, and had them on the same team. Three future league MVPs. The guy knows how to make a great team. And he just threw it all away. Yeah. So. So, here we are. <laughs> uh, wait, is it my turn or you? You. No, I just went. Who, well, who do you got next? Dude, well, and also, I hate people that quit on teams. So, like, that's another reason I, I struggle with them. Like, at least Westbrook hasn't quit on the Lakers. Harden quit on the Rockets, and I just oh, won't hold yeah. that against him for Harden forever. Definitely quit because he was trying to get traded. So, anyways, let's let's happy thoughts. Who who do you got? All right, Harden's a hell of a player, though. Yes, yes. Sixty six, right? Yes, sir. Elgin Baylor. Ooh, he will be making an appearance on my list, but much higher. Yeah, Elgin- I respect him. I do too. <laughs> or he wouldn't be on this list. Oh man, I'm really having this trouble. There's this person I really don't want to include on the list. Sorry for interrupting you, but like your train of thought. There's a person I really don't want to include on the list, but like can't tell the history of the NBA without him. Anyways, keep going. Keep going on your uh, on your guy. We've talked about a Elgin Baylor a lot. We talked about uh, Elgin Baylor in the 1960s episode. Um Elgin Baylor scored 77 points in the game one time. Um, He, or what was it? I think it was 77. No one knows. Well, you can look it up real quick. Oh, listen to, listen to Steven ordering Alex around the guy who, who worked so hard and just, you gotta get, you just gotta poo poo on me like that. No, you're the guy in the chair. You're the guy that looks shit up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking. I'm looking up a lot of other stuff right now. <laughs> All trying right, to, trying to finish my list so I don't screw it up. All right. Well, Elgin Baylor, we've talked about him. Great scorer, uh, managed to score over seventy points before there was a three point line. Um, in the NBA. And was just amazing. One of the best scorers ever. One of the best all-around players ever. And like I've said before, a lot of the old heads say that Elgin Baylor was like, watching Elgin Baylor in his prime was like getting a glimpse of Jordan before Jordan. That's that's a nice, that's a nice compliment from everybody. Man, it's so weird looking at like these total points ever scored and like how many people I'm just like, oh, you would never like it's like the top 100 scores of our all time. I'm like, I would never consider you for any list. Um, One person, Glenn Rice, like he's the top he's spot 75 all time score in the NBA. 
must have just been putting up bad or uh, good good stats on bad team for a long period. No, he actually was really good. He led Miami. Well, then why didn't you have him on your top 100 list? Because I had him initially and took him off. Yeah, that's that. that I rest my case. Get but, the hell out of here. <laughs> but Elgin, I mean, not Elgin Baylor. Uh, yeah, keep Glenn going on. Rice, Glenn Rice is one of the best three point shooters ever. He could defend. He could do all kinds of stuff. Um, post up, rebound. Um, he had he had size, um, but he was a knockdown shooter from three, and he led the Heat to their first playoff appearance in franchise history. Well, good for him. <laughs> and then he won. And then he won. He went to the Lakers and won a championship with them. I feel you. Um, wait, so who are you talking about, though? I feel like I interrupted you. My bad. That was uh, Glenn Rice. What number are we on? 65? Dude, I don't know. It's all starting to run together, bro. <laughs> it's 65. Is it my right? turn? Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get fired. I just did yeah, yep, yep. It's 65. We Should can't I go? get fired from our own thing. I'm considering it. What? I'm considering firing myself. Oh, I was like, I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. Was, what? Uh no, nothing. Uh guys, everyone, everyone, just a quick announcement. I am five players away from having my entire list completed. Um Okay. Yeah, I shouldn't be fired. I came up with the whole hundred list before we even did this. Um, number sixty-five, Damian Lillard. I All think right, that's he, a good one. I think the thing I feel bad for him about is he was never on a. He never had a great number two. Now I know you could say Lamarcus Aldridge. I know you could say C.J. McCollum. I don't think C.J. McCollum complimented what Damian Lillard needed to be a type a alpha on a championship team and Damian Lam- Lillard. Yeah, go ahead. Damian Lillard needed. Uh, I don't think it was CJ McCollum's fault that they never no. got over the hump. It's well, just that yeah. CJ, McC- I mean, da- Damian Lillard needed a better big guy. I think I was, and I was trying to think like, it's a small market. So it's hard to get someone over there. Um, in Portland, but I guess just draft better or just honestly, I would have been interested to see what LaMarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard could have done because they essentially had one solid, awesome year with each other. Then he shipped off to, to the Spurs. And the one big guy that they had that was good was Nurkic and he got hurt. Yeah. Sad day. Man, and like as I'm going through like a lot of these stats too, I'm just like, man, should I? I I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to do it. I think if you are top ten in any of the major categories, so steals, blocks, assists, points, rebounds, like you have to have like strong consideration to be in this. But uh, Damian Lillard is my number sixty-five. Who do you got? I got Vince Carter. Ooh, okay, okay. Yep, he was a uh, nine number ninety-nine on mine. Love, love having Vince there. You can't. Tell the history of the league without him. Vince. Vince is the best player that ever played for the Raptors. So. Kawhi Leonard. No. Yeah. Yes. No. Yep. It is. You're wrong. We You're incorrect. We to disagree. No, Vince we cannot, Carter dude. Well, how many, how many championships did, uh, did Vince Carter win for the Toronto Raptors? How good was Vince Carter's teams? How good was how good was Kawhi Leonard? The reason Kawhi Leonard's team was so awesome was because he's Kawhi Leonard. Greatness lifts up to like uh, I'm not fu- saying Kawhi also Leonard. actually actually no 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 let's take a step back. How many Eastern Conference Finals did Vince Carter make? You know, I don't think I don't think he any. ever made any. I don't think he made any, but I know he made the second round. How many? So what that means is well, without him, without him, the Raptors would still be an irrelevant franchise. He's the one to put okay. the Raptors on the map. I can concede that. And he's one of the most skilled players ever. And he's one of the most athletic players ever. 
So I, I, I concede. I concede. Vince Carter was sort of. so good. He was so damn good. Oh my God. Um, there was nothing Vince Carter couldn't do. Except win a championship. <laughs> I meant skill wise. I'm just kidding. <sighs> oh, either way, he's on my list too. Um, I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. Can I do uh my what are we on now? 64? 64, yeah. 64. Hot off the press from Alex doing some research. Mark Jackson, number four in assists all time. Wait, let me just yeah, double check sure. that really quick. And he was on some pretty great New York Knicks teams and Indiana Pacer teams. And unfortunately, this is this is what I say when you have to making a when you try to decide who the greatest of all time is, you should have all of the people that were denied championships by that person. And how many times? Because Michael Jordan denied so many championships to so many great players in the 90s. Reggie Miller, Patrick Gary Ewing, Payton. Gary Payton, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, John Stockton, like just so many people. So many people. Charles Barkley. Like there's a like, anyways, all of that to say, I think Mark Jackson in another world where Michael Jordan doesn't exist, we're talking about him as an all-time great because he is the super awesome point guard for the New York Knicks championship team. And then he went and won a single championship with the Pacers. And what sucks too, he lost, uh, they made when they finally make it to the, the, the finals, which is something once again, Vince Carter never wait did. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. They what? won their, they won their second championship in 1973. He wasn't even playing then. No, no, no. What I'm saying is if my, in another world where Michael Jordan doesn't exist, he might have been winning championships in the 90s with the New York Knicks. Oh, yeah. No, that's so true. Michael Jordan uh, messed up a lot of people's Clyde Drexler. Well, I and mean, is Mark. So actually, just a quick, is Mark Jackson on your list? No. And I, I like really. But, but he was. He was before. I just replaced him. So. Yeah. Like, because I, I just. That Indiana Pacers team. That. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I just don't know what to say. New York Knicks. Uh, yeah, that's that's my guy. Uh, who's next yeah, for you? Sixty four. Rookie of the year on the New York Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your Mark number? Mark Jackson was awesome, and in college, in college, not that this really matters because it's not NBA, but in college, he was the biggest defensive player of the year. Apparently. Cool. Yeah, like so, he was great. He's a fa fabulous player. Probably a little. I probably put him a little bit too high for the lack of winning, but, uh, but you know Mark, what? Mark I, Jackson is one of most, one of the highest IQ basketball players ever. I gotta I gotta finish my list. So uh, I'm three players away from having a completed list. <laughs> oh, all, all right. Who's your sixty four? Sean Marion. Interesting. I thought about him. Sean Marion was six foot seven and playing the power forward position at a time when the power forward position was the most difficult, like it was the most stacked position in the NBA in the early 2000s. With Sean Marion and uh, Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson all agreed. Like I said before in a previous episode, it was the, the, the time of the power forward, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so they were talking about that. And Sean Marion, was, they were talking about how his position was the most stacked position in the NBA at the time. And Sean Marion was one of the best power forwards in the NBA. Of course, he played with Steve Nash and uh, Mars Stoudemire, and that made him look better. But he was a heck of a player, ran the floor better than almost anybody I've ever seen play the game. Uh, great rebounder, double-double uh, machine, super athletic. Everybody gives him crap for the his form on his shot. Just for the crap that I was going to give. But he always makes the point, and he's right, I think, you couldn't you couldn't leave him open. 
when players looked at the scouting report, like Sean Marion was a threat to knock down the three if left open. So he always makes a point. Sure, his shot wasn't wasn't uh uh what do you call it? Pretty. Yeah, but you couldn't leave him open, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter how ugly your shot is if you're scoring. Yeah, the ball went in. That's the only thing that matters. You know what? I bet you if Shaquille O'Neal could shoot free throws underhand and have the same average that Rick Barry had from free throws, he'd do it. He'd do it. And yeah. and his team would have won the championship every year. Seriously. Like, talk about invincible if he could just figure that out. Holy crap. It was like God made the most dominant basketball player ever and decided he had to give that player a flaw. And so he made it so that Shaq would dominate the paint like nobody else, but he couldn't make a free throw, you know. What what spot are we on now? 63. 63. I just did Mark Jackson, but... The, Mark Jackson was just moved up to spot 63 because I am going to, I've been convinced by Steven. I put Sean Marion in spot 100 of the greatest NBA players of all time, because I feel like that is, he is a person that it was between the two people that you had that I was like, ah, I should have considered them was Amari and Sean Marion um, in the Phoenix yeah. Suns runs that they had. Um, yeah. So I ended up going with Sean Marion just because I liked him more than I liked Amari Stoudemire. So I don't have a number 63. I got to admit, I liked Sean Marion more as it, when he was in his prime and even when he was a little bit out of his prime, I liked Sean Marion more as a player than Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Who's your, who is your number 63? By the way, Sean Marion's nickname was The Matrix. Cool nickname. A great nickname. And he was he was awesome, awesome. Steve Nash made him look uh, better, but Steve Nash made everyone look better that he played with. But Sean Marion was amazing. Okay, uh, super athletic, could run the floor, could rebound, could play defense, and could knock down the open jumper, even though it was ugly looking. Yep, yep, yep. All right, who's your sixty-three? 63, I have, and you'll see where my uh, thought press process was going when I was making this list at this point in the list. Uh, Peja Stojakovic. 63 with Steve Nash. Wow. Hmm, okay. I'm, I'm really excited for your, like, as we get into, like, the top 20, top 30. Hell yeah, I have I have really good players in those spots. Because I feel like Steve Nash should be in the top 30. Well, I mean, that's your opinion. And mm. I was just I was just rapidly, like I said, I was just doing rapid fire. So I was trying kind of trying to do it fast so that I didn't think about it too much. Fair enough. Um so 63 I have Steve Nash. Steve Nash only got uh one uh scholarship offer if i remember right from uh university uc santa barbara do you want me to look that up or is that a question well look it up but like to make sure that's the school that he went to <laughs> right steve nitch Guys, you guys hearing this? Like just the demands from Steven. He just demands everything. Just Santa Clara University. Santa Clara, not Santa Clara. So Barbara. I guess good thing we looked it up. Well, I, I mean, we're trying to get this thing right. We're trying to get these. Well, it doesn't sound like it if you have Steve Nash at a spot 63. <laughs> Steve Nash is on the list and he should be on the list. I know he's here. I think he should be higher. Okay, but I have him at 63, okay? Boo. Boo. Just kidding. Uh, my 62. If you were to have, I, I just want to make the point. 
if you were to have a a if you were to start a team and you had the the choice between Nash, Jason Kidd, and like Ooh. Magic Johnson, Magic Steve Johnson Nash would be the last person picked. I would have a I I I would have to think about that. Like I would have to think about that. Yeah, I would pick Nash last. Not that Nash was Nash was amazing, but Steve Nash. I think it's because Steve Nash is a better person than Jason Kidd. That's the only reason you'd pick him. No, I mean, like talent-wise, I feel like they're comparable-ish to one another. Steve Nash can shoot the three better than Jason Kidd can. They both can pass really well, and they both can score defensively. Maybe you'd give the upside to Jason Kidd, but uh, not every- maybe it's not. There's no maybe about it. Steve, Na- I mean, uh, Jason Kidd is in a whole other uh, universe. Also, I like, like I just, yeah, I would, I would go with Steve Nash, especially like the humble beginnings part of it, the number of. MVPs he won comparatively to him, all NBA first teams, assist leaders, like those kind of those kind of right, things. right. He got more accolades. Yeah. And didn't ever and, uh, and, abuse hey, anybody. Hey, Steve Nash was a bad dude. He was awesome at at he was an awesome, awesome basketball player, one of the best passers ever, one of the best shooters ever. He got in the 50, 40, 90 club, four times in his career, which is more than any other player ever, including Larry Bird. Maybe okay. I would go Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd has four NBA all-defensive first teams. Well, I think Jason Kidd was better than Steve Nash in his prime. I'm just saying, yeah. Steve Nash, for a guy who is not considered like in my opinion, a top five point guard ever, you know, for a guy that's not like uh, the guy's a, a sure, surefire Hall of Famer. I think he's already in the Hall of Fame, but he um, he was a great passer, one of the best shooters that ever played the game, and like I said, uh. Made the 50, 40, 90 club four times. That means he shot 50% from mid-range, 40% or above from three, and at least 90% from the free throw line four times. And a couple of times he got really close to it, you know? Yeah, I feel you. So Steve Nash was amazing he just wasn't that great a deep uh, defensive player um so are we on 62 62 okay i don't have a whole lot to say it just seems like he should be included an amazing rebounder and was very consistent in scoring won an nba championship and was a finals mvp wes unseld oh my god what number is that for you Wes Unseld is at spot. What did I just say? 62? I can't believe this. Why? Because (laughs) at spot 62, I have Wes Unseld. All right. We got to highlight that one, too. Highlighted. What was the other one that we had that was awesome? Was it It Dennis Rodman? Baron Davis. Davis. (laughs) We had him at 82. Now we have it 62 West Unseld. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're kind of thinking the same a little bit. Hopefully our 42 is the same. Hopefully. So number 62, I have West Unseld. My 42 is Tony Parker. (laughs) Spoiler alert for that episode. (laughs) You want to go? You you go more on West Unseld. I have less to say about him. (laughs) Okay. West Unseld. I didn't look up his numbers, but I know generally how he played. He was a hard-nosed defensive player, one of the best rebounders ever, about six foot seven or six foot nine, undersized big guy. But he 
was one of the best passing bigs ever, if not the best passing big ever. Uh, you can make that argument because he's arguably the best outlet passer that ever played the game of basketball. Um, gotcha. Yeah, because so he's not a big assister, but great. He's like the Kevin Love type. Yeah, like Kevin Love, exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, great rebounder, absolutely amazing outlet passer. Arguably the best outlet passer that ever played the game of basketball. So that's Wes Unsell. But more importantly, a great afro. What? More importantly, a great afro. Oh, yeah. Great afro. You could tell that guy was picking that afro. He spent his entire... Man, for some reason, I thought he played in the ABA. I don't know why I thought that. Hmm. Probably because... Probably because he played in the 70s. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, then my number 61. So the last player for this episode, Ray Allen. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest shooters of all time. He's won a couple of championships, one with the Celtics, one with the the Miami Heat, and more importantly, one of the most rewatched moments in NBA history, the rebound from Chris Bosh kick, kicking it out to Ray Allen to send it like what's important to send it to the game seven, still an opportunity for the Spurs to win the NBA championship. But that shot deflated them so much that the heat went on to win their second straight NBA title. So biggest shot, biggest shot, biggest clutch shot in NBA history. In my opinion, I'd have to think on that more because of how rushed it was and the stakes like it was a winner go like winner go home if like would have missed, they would have lost the whole series yeah i'm i'm just trying to think like cuz it's yeah and apparently he used to work on a drill where he would backpedal to the three point line and he would back he would do this drill in different areas of the court where he would backpedal to the three point line and catch a pass and shoot it. And he would do that all the time. Eric Spolster said that. Who was, of course, the head coach of the Miami Heat at the time and still is. And I just, Ray Allen, just like him. I like him. That's all I, that's all I have to say about Ray Allen. An amazing shooter. Just a winner. He, he won at every level. So uh, I'll, who's your number 61? All right. I love that Ray Allen pick. By the way, it was that's awesome. Is he not on your list? He's on my list. Okay, okay, okay. But he's higher. But um, Ray Allen was amazing. Uh, and uh, I just want to take this time to say, praise Jesus, Shuttlesworth. <laughs> You're no, not a lot of people are going to get that reference. <laughs> Well, I don't care. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Go, go look up Ray Allen's uh, film career. Watch He Got Game and you'll understand what I mean. I'm not talking about Jesus of the Bible. I'm talking about Jesus of the park. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Jesus Shuttlesworth. So praise Jesus. Shuttlesworth. And Who's, I know I'm going to hell for that statement, but it's not for that statement. It's for a lot of other stuff you've done. Who's your uh who's your number 61? How do you know what I've done? Oh, I just make assumptions. Just make them. I just make them in my head. I'm a little judgy McJudgerson over here. Of course. Of no, course. I'm just playing, man. Whatever. <laughs> um Wait, what was I going to say? Number 61, right? 61, yeah. Did you already do your 62? Yeah. Oh, right. Ray Allen. Okay. 61. No, 61 was Ray Allen. I had 62 is Wes on Oh, yeah. Okay. You're uh, right. 62 was Remember, Wes we both have the same Z's. What's your 61? Because we had the same one. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you did your 61 is Jesus Shuttlesworth. 
My 61 is Rick Barry. Mm-hmm. I think I and have as him much way as too I high. Hate, as much as I hate Rick Barry as a person, can't stand the man. He's a big jerk, and I don't like that about him because I feel like he's unnecessarily like a big asshole. But Rick Barry is one of the best players who ever played the game. One of the best to ever do it. One of the best shooters ever. One of the best passers ever. Um, just a, a great all-around player. And wasn't everybody's best friend when he led, which is why most stories you hear from former players are going to start with, Rick Barry was an asshole. Yeah. But Rick Barry was also a guy that kicked ass. So he might have been a guy that wasn't very likable, but he was awesome. <clears throat> and he shot 89% from the from the free throw line shooting underhanded, shooting freaking granny shots. He shot 89% from the line. The year that he... The next year he shot overhand, he shot 90%, I believe. You can look that up, but he is known for making that granny shot at a very high percentage. And uh, he's the only player uh, that consistently made the granny shot from the free throw line. So he was amazing. And the fact that he was able to shoot 89% shooting underhanded, which is not fundamentally sound, is amazing. But he was a jerk. So we always have to point out that he was a jerk. Yeah. And well, but, it's not even just that he was a jerk. He's that he's like a raging, like he's a racist. Uh, yeah. Just flat out, like no, explicit, explicitly a racist. You don't say stuff like you don't call a black man you don't say that a black dude is a watermelon eating has a watermelon eating grin you don't make comments like that unless you're racist that is a racist comment to make so the man like maybe he changed because people change over time and i love his his sons um, I grew up watching them and they were awesome, but Rick Barry was a dick. I mean, the good news is we the person that we spent the most time talking about, Rick Barry <laughs> of today's Rick Barry was amazing. He won the Warrior, he was the leader on the team that won the Warriors first championship. Um, great passer, great shooter, um, great at just about everything. And I always make this point, but, like, it doesn't matter that he was a jerk. In sports, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are when it comes to how you are as an athlete. And Rick Barry is one of the best players that ever played the game of basketball. So we have to put him on here. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's and one our... of the best. Free Still throw more, shooters. more about Rick Barry. Okay. And and one of the best free throw shooters ever. The fact that the man was able to shoot granny shots from the free throw line and still average eighty nine percent from the free throw line—that's ridiculous. Uh, well, that, there you have it, everybody. Uh, our seventy to sixty one. Alex is one person away from having his entire list completed, and. Uh, The next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Please don't take us too seriously. We hope you stay for a while. Give us one more chance to change your mind.